You're listening to the Level 5 Podcast, featuring wide-ranging conversations on the subjects that matter in business and management. You did mention, and and I know you have a very strong opinion on this, and it's what brought you and I together originally, but this whole idea of you can make a product and sell a product in the marketplace, or you can build a brand that, that creates value in the marketplace. And you chose, no, no, I want to build a brand. I don't want to just make a product and sell a product. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about why you made that decision and what, what, what the difference between the two is for you. Well, I, I think there's a huge difference, first of all. And anyone can sell a product. And I'm not saying all products are glamorous, but and our product is not glamorous. It's actually very basic. It's, I mean, it doesn't really get much more basic than that. And what we were able to do by building a brand is like having that emotional connection with your customer is such a critical piece uh, because as as your as your brand evolves and changes over time um, as competitors come into the into the space i mean for us that was the biggest part and we were so focused on education and just the the actual features and function of the product uh, that when we were starting getting inundated with with competitors, that could have been the end for us. But the work that we had already done with the brand and continue to really establish um, has has created a, a much stronger company and sustained us over time. Even stronger as, how? how? If you could help us under, like when you say stronger. Um, well, we have, we have such a loyal following and we started, we started also, uh, going from functions of the actual product because we almost grew past that where we didn't have to explain the basics of the product anymore Mm -hmm. and really focusing on the brand and who is Diva and what do we do and what does diva cup stand for and what does diva stand for and a lot of that work we've done with your team um and creating more uh more direct points to talk to our consumers so we just created a diva squad so it's like a separate facebook group just for our consumers so we have more ways to communicate with them and also through con- customer service through through excellent, exceptional customer service, that is another piece of the branding that's been really critical. And do you th- would you tie those elements to why you've got such a loyal, a loyal consumer base? I mean, you've got advocates, not just purchasers, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It is a, it is definitely one of the one of the main things i think that keeps people and we have seen we have lost some i wouldn't say we've lost market share with some of the bigger guys coming into the market we've um had softer growth but we've maintained uh which is still considering how much has changed in our category in the last year that's still a a huge win 
as we reposition ourselves to uh, to continue hitting hard and launching new products and diversifying and all these great things that we're gonna that we're working on. Yeah, and that that whole thing with the movement and having having uh, becoming um, a certified B Corp. I just yeah. I I cannot tell you the value I believe that has brought to the brand. And so because I just saw somebody ask the question, I'm, so I'll jump on it because I think it's a great, good one right now based on what you just said. How have you, over the 19 years, continued to evolve and reiterate the product and extend it into these new areas? Because now the brand is not just about the actual product. It's, you know, you talk about these Facebook squads and I mean, yeah. those are all ways to engage with the brand, right? Um, how have you continued to reiterate the brand? So... I mean, we had so many years where it was such an uphill battle in the beginning. So I feel like we really started reiterating the brand in the last seven or eight years. Before that, most of our work was just, you know, pounding the pavement and building that distribution. So um, I know that we've been around for quite a long time, but I do feel like most of our our true marketing has happened in the last five to seven years we've always done it but we just we had we have barely had any budget um, so social media digital marketing has been critical uh, influencer marketing just consumers are are uh, making purchase decisions so differently now mm -hmm. and that was a big shift because the buyers, especially in the mass market, they expect the traditional. They did for a very long time. They expected traditional marketing. They wanted to see the print, the annual print campaign and TV campaign. But we learned over time, especially in the last five years, that those, those mechanisms were no longer effective. And we had to pivot. And we're basically putting almost all of our budget into, into digital and to social media and to influencer marketing, because this is the way that that um, people are making decisions now. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I, I just I want to maybe put a, a bow on this whole area of entrepreneurship and just you know you've had 19 very successful years. Um, if you looked at one or two of the high points and maybe one or two of the mistakes. You, you said when we were warming up, you probably got more mistakes. Yeah. Than I, we have a lot of mistakes, that's for sure. I'm um, the same way with my firm. But I mean, if you think about the maybe one defining victory and the one defining mistake that really made you a better entrepreneur, what would those be? Well, I think I think the biggest the biggest success was actually the turning point for our company, and that was in when we finally got into Shoppers Drug Mart in, in uh, around 2014, um, that had, was, had been a very long time coming. It may have been 2013. I, I get really mixed up with the dates now, but it was around that time. And just a quick story, and this is just how the universe works in very mysterious ways, but we had this opportunity to do a Times Square jumbotron ad in new york city 
which gets like, I don't know, 14 million people a day walk through there. And it was 24 hours a day, four times an hour for a whole year. And it was, it was like the most money we'd ever spent. It was discounted at $60,000. That was more than we'd ever spent on anything ever. And so it was a huge decision. And the only reason why we even got this opportunity is Carnival Cruise had that spot and one of their ships sank, they had to back out. And then the sales rep for that space actually used our product and just randomly was like, I'm gonna call up Diva Cup because she loved our product. And so she calls us up and we have this conversation. I'm like, I remember my mom and I talking about it and just saying like, can we do this? Like, this is crazy. We don't even have any retailers in New York. We had like five health food stores in all of New York. And we're like, how are we gonna, how are we gonna even pull this off? And I don't know, it was like a gut feeling. We had to do it. We had to do it. So that was one of the points, like defining moments, I think, in in my life because we took that chance and sure enough the buyer for shoppers drug mart saw that banner saw that jumbotron in new york city and then we had we had a an ad in a trade publication we had a full page ad in flare magazine and our 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 buyers our our sales team which we had were building our team now at this point went in and and she's like oh you guys are everywhere I saw you in Times Square. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, so that was that was a miracle, and uh, we ended up getting in shoppers. It did very well the first year, and from that point, that kind of started the the ball rolling with the other retailers. Um, the a lot of the American retailers looked to Shoppers Drug Mart as a case study, and it was doing well. So, uh, our first American retailer was CVS. So our next account after shoppers was in 8,000 stores. We're now in over 65,000 retail stores in the world. Wow. So it's just unreal how far we've come. But that that I will never forget, um, that well, whole it, thing. Yeah, it, it, it sounds so um, undisciplined, but um, sometimes it's being in the right place at the right time, right? <laughs> I know there was there was no strategy behind it at all. So yeah. uh, not everything, at least at that point, not everything. We didn't really weren't sophisticated enough to have have strategy around everything. But you know that was part of our mistakes too. Um, in the early days, I think I mentioned this too that we tried to do everything, and realized after a while that we were our own worst enemy and I was getting in my own way. And as soon as we started actually building a team, we were able to just move so much faster. I mean, there's only so many hours in the day. If you're every department in your company for 11 years, it's just, it's not sustainable and you're not going to get the impact that you really, really need. You have to take that risk to get to the next level. Um, and then once we started building the team, um, and I think this would go really nicely into your question about the new four, the new four P's that we can talk about. Um, but having having challenges with our team, then we kind of didn't know how to manage people and didn't know how to build a team, and ended up having a lot of issues with that 
and have learned a lot around that kind of giving too much control and running into all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me um, maybe take the opportunity then to, to say, if you were to act as a mentor right now to the people on the line, um, to other female entrepreneurs looking to start up businesses, what, what would be the, I guess, the one word of advice or wisdom you might want to give them as they go to start up a business? What would it be? I, I have to still say there's many things, but the one thing is to be patient. And you just don't stop. You cannot stop. You know, be unstoppable, keep going. And our business, the whole way was two steps forward, one step back. And it, I remember points, it being devastating. I mean, those no's are devastating. You think it's the end of the business. We had crazy things happening. We had lawsuits with customers. Like, I mean, we've had some crazy things happen along the way. But at the end, it's, you're still moving forward and you can't let those things stand in the way. And it takes time. I mean, you cannot build a brand overnight. Even today, people think with social media that you can build a brand overnight. No, nothing happens overnight. Look at even the best musicians out there, the best bands that are, that are, worldwide famous were were doing it for years before they ever made it right so that is interesting in terms of it sounds as though if you looked at the vision that you and your mom may have set when you started the company um how far along the path are you to actually achieving that vision are you 10 percent of the way 50 percent i mean you were out to change the world and a category in the world. So, I mean, that's a I know. major vision. I, I think we've achieved our initial vision. I think we've kind of surpassed what we even knew was possible. We had no idea that we could even become a $30 million company. Like that, those kind of numbers didn't even, I couldn't fathom anything like that. We always thought that if we could become 1% of the market, of the menstrual care market, that would be that would be like completely mind blowing. And we're actually 2% of of the menstrual care market, um, which still completely blows my mind. And, uh, but at this point it's interesting because you come all this way and the vision's still there, but it's definitely expanded and evolved. And at this point, I feel like we're just getting started. There's so much, there's so much opportunity now. Whereas uh, I think in the early days, I was just buried in the day to day and buried in the, in the challenges. And now we just see it from a completely different perspective. That's interesting. So along that journey, uh, the past 19 and maybe looking out the next 19 years, you know, having uh, the kind of support network um, you talked about uh, both family and friends and employees, the team that you built. Um, but also you probably had a one or two mentors along the way that were there that just weren't involved in the day to day of the business, but were always people that you could turn to. Um, yeah. Is that true? And if so, maybe you could just talk about the importance of mentorship. Yeah, we definitely had, um, 
some mentors, I would say that were kind of more involved in the business along the way that were kind of consultants or um, we always did outsourced a lot of things because we were so small and we were running from the home. We always tried to bring in external, external people to help us along the journey. Um, it wasn't until really recently, quite recently, I would say in the last five years that I discovered peer-to-peer uh, -peer groups. I joined Tech Canada. Um, well, I mean, we did some mentoring. I'm part of Quantum Shift. Actually, that's how we met through Anita Dong, who's one yeah. of my Quantum Shift. She's definitely been one of my mentors yeah. and um, has really guided, guided me along the way. So it's, an, it's important to have them is what you're saying. Sorry, I'm, yeah, I, I do find it's very important and I wish I would have put more emphasis on seeked mentorship earlier. I think we could have avoided a lot of issues along the way and uh, saved a lot of heart hardship. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know I want to save time for the questions, but I've got to ask you the one last question because of where we are all in our lives right now. But COVID-19, what's that done to Diva and its game plan? And how have you, are you managing it well? Is it throwing you balls that are tough to deal with because some people it's, it's it's a blessing and some people it's a curse How yeah, you? For, for us it's been really interesting um we responded really quickly moving our team to home that's been unbelievably successful our team from a team perspective has just carried on i, I think things move a little bit slower but generally we've accomplished so much in the last five six months uh, it's it's unbelievable, and we're actually I think going to adopt a more work from home format moving forward because it's been so successful and people really enjoy the the flexibility for their lives. Um, where we've where we've struggled, okay, so initially we actually had panic buying as people were stocking up on menstrual supplies, so we had a huge spike in March and April in our sales. Uh, and then it kind of softened a little bit and, and it's kind of stabilized. But where we've really struggled has been with our international business because it's so un uncertain and our international business has really been growing quite a bit. And our we usually take payment in advance and a lot of our international customers are really hesitant to pay in advance. So like, what if we can't get the product? What if something happens? Like there's a lot more uncertainty in actually doing business internationally right. in this in this current climate. Yeah. So um, we had probably about five or six big orders that were supposed to go out last month and we haven't been able to process them yet and they mm -hmm. haven't been on the book. So, you know, we're kind of navigating that, putting new things in place to support that. Um, but luckily all of our partnerships with, um, with our manufacturer and our assembly plant have been able to continue as essential services. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been such a blessing that we've been able to still, still actually grow our company and we had our best year end ever and, uh, end of April. That's great. During that time. That's great. Wonderful. 
thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in to Strategy Lounge, the Level 5 podcast. To learn more about our work, please visit level5strategy.com.